1: Mary Jane.
2: How's it going, Mike?
1: It's going so well. I'm so excited for this new series we're doing.
2: Yeah, the Weed and Grub Spotlight series.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking to people, companies, Companies that make products by people <laughs> that we believe in, and we want to get a little bit more in depth with them.
2: yeah, so I, I'm excited to learn more about sort of the business end of things because to be honest as a creative you know I don't really understand how a lot of these things work, and I am fortunate to be surrounded by people who are entrepreneurs, go entrepreneurs, enterprising folks who can uh, teach all of us a lot about uh, how to get ahead while doing good.
1: okay, so that's why I was really excited to talk with Tony. He's one of the co-founders of Flower Co basically. They have the Costco model for cannabis, which I love because weed is expensive.
2: Oh my God. The first time I bought a legal eighth when California went recreationally legal uh, in January of 2018, it cost me $53.
1: That's a lot for an eighth.
2: I mean, seriously, like if I were a medical patient and I needed that as meds, it would be too much for me. I I wouldn't be able to afford it.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. You can go on Flower Co.'s website, get a membership, and Uh you can get an ounce of Great product for a hundred bucks.
2: That's amazing. And important. Yeah, it sounds like they're bridging the gap. I mean, you know, of course, everyone's in business to make a profit, but these guys are also doing good and providing safe and fair access to people who need it and recreational consumers who just might not have the budget to be able to walk into their local dispensary.
1: Had I had this in college, I would have had my whole dorm just chip in on the membership fee and then we would just order everything we would want. It'd be delivered to our doorstep at a price that as college kids we could afford. And that's a wrap. Yeah. Before I talk with Tony from Flower Co., you were saying we should call out.
2: Oh, yeah. It's important to note that uh, Flower Co. are doing legal business in a legal cannabis marketplace here in California. But just wanted to note that Flower Co. are operating only in California right now.
1: And if this is your first time listening to us, check out our episodes that we drop every single Wednesday, a.k.a. Weeds Day. Day. Because we get weird and I just love doing it with you, Mary Jane.
2: I love it so much, Mike. I'm so excited to go on the road with you and to have our weekly podcast and, yeah, to launch this Spotlight series and, and chat with some people in kind of like a shorter format, more focused way to just like learn a little more about the biz.
1: And if you want to learn more about us, also go to weedandgrub.com or follow us on Instagram at weedandgrub. Uh, I love a good DM.
2: Yeah. A good DM. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. okay. Let's get into this. This
2: is Mike and Tony uh, chatting about flower color.
0: You can code like a motherfucker. I wouldn't say that, but uh, well enough to, to get weed to the people.
1: Is it something you were just born with?
0: No, so I learned to code in college. Um, I went to school actually as a competitive fencer. Had no idea what I wanted to study, but... Quickly fell in love with computers once I realized that they could launch websites, and um, I've always been fairly entrepreneurial. So dropped the fencing thing sophomore year of college, and and went straight into startups. And
1: what is it? So I was a competitive roller hockey goalie. So I like I reached some pretty high levels there, but at a certain point, I was like, I'm not going to make the NHL. I'm a great roller hockey goalie, not ice. Was there a moment in fencing where you were like? Okay, well, it's time to pivot.
0: Yeah, it was around freshman year when college started getting fun. And, <laughs> uh, and I discovered that I didn't have to work my ass off for for a sports team. And, yeah, became much more academic, but also a lot more social. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, dropped, dropped the sports and went into weed in school.
1: I have friends, some of them, um, like medical users who cannot afford medical marijuana they can't afford the thing they need the most but they could afford prescription pills no problem well they used to be able to before anyway we don't need to get into trump and healthcare. but you know where i'm going with like how unbelievable your prices are and why that is so important
0: yep so that's there's a number of ways we save the customer money um and for us the customer is always first uh when we think about The status of the existing uh, illicit market um, for since forever, it's been you have a pretty Close relationship with someone who comes over, who's got a good deal on some awesome product, and you know historically that's been the relationship. So as legalization was happening, I think a lot of people were really excited to go to the dispensary and the 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 legal way to purchase it, but were disappointed with the high tax in some counties. It's forty percent, yeah. And then separately, sometimes walking to dispensary, it might be a very corporate feeling relationship, and for that reason, people do like delivery. So the goal is to beat the the black market price, but also offer a superior service on both customer service, getting all the great brands, the products that people want. That's the mission, at least in terms of our goal. If we can beat the black market on price and offer just as good of service as the person who walks in your house who you're comfortable with, that's where we want to be.
1: And I was that person who walked into people's houses. That's straight up. That was college. That was everything. I was the the dude with the quote-unquote briefcase, you know? Yep. And it was a great way to have a bunch of money in my mattress, but it was also scary (laughs) as fuck. And there's people in jail for that very thing. Yep. So what you're providing on the up and up is fucking cool. It's good. Why is it so low?
0: So our company under the current regs is a technology platform But its sister company is a a large supply chain that has, number one, some economies of scale. So that's how on some of our... Uh, in-house flour, our Kirkland brand, if you will, if you hold to the sort of Costco analogy. Um, Our Kirkland flour, we're buying at scale and it's awesome stuff at a very competitive price. But then secondly, we save the customer a ton of money from scheduled delivery as opposed to anything on demand. And then lastly, uh, the membership model saves people a lot because when you think about Forty percent tax for every dollar I save the customer on product. I'm really saving you a dollar forty. So by having the membership, we can make the money that we need to operate with that customer um, and reinvest that hundred dollars into membership benefits and customer service and that relationship. And then on the product side, it's more or less break even. There's some margin that, of course, needs to be made to operate, but. Costco generally marks things up about 20%. So keep product prices really low. Um, the customer will feel the tax less and cut costs every possible way we can. We think in that regard, we're somewhere in between a Costco and an Amazon. We don't want 100,000 products, but we also want to make sure we touch on all the things that you might want as a member.
1: Yeah, to make my life easier. Exactly. How many businesses have you st- started for yourself?
0: More than I'll admit.
1: Right. But- likewise like likewise I'm just I'm trying to have a pool in my backyard you know what I'm saying basically basically with this one in particular though what made you want to sign on for this because time is pretty valuable especially when you're
0: working for yourself so I think it's a few reasons one is I'm an adrenaline junkie from a sort of roller coaster of life perspective so I like projects that consume all of what I have to give So that's the first sort of selfish reason. The second one is much more personal and it relates to the opioid crisis and how that's affected people in my life. So anything I can do to offer a competitive alternative to opioids for people that really need it, I think is huge.
1: That's what's up. Likewise, I've had a couple friends from uh, back when I grew up in St. Louis who it just took them, man. It took them. And that was wild to see how quickly it happened. Can we talk about how you're helping kids also?
0: Yeah, so prior to this, I ran an online kids coding school. Um, so I connected computer science teachers at colleges around the US with kids 6 to 13 who want to learn how to program or build their own games. So I've always like just very much enjoyed teaching kids. In seventh grade, I started teaching kids how to play chess. Then I evolved into coding and then I started a school and that brought me actually to South Korea to teach kids out there too for a while. However I can get back to teaching kids would be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? When you see them click on something and it like they get it and it sparks up, holy cow. You teaching kids how to code. I mean, I don't know where the job market and the economy is going in this country. I have no idea. But I do know that what you're doing and helping them to do will create jobs in the future.
0: 100%. I mean, developers make good money. And even if you don't want to become a developer, I think it's a really valuable, methodical, procedural way of thinking. And a lot of kids are opting to not go to college anymore. And some of those students are choosing to learn how to code or start their own companies as an alternative to paying $50,000 a year in tuition. I view it as like in the modern day economy, you should probably start with that even if you don't want to become an engineer because it's a good foundation for weed for music for creating your own art whatever it might be knowing the basics is is probably is a good skill to have
1: wow as you said that the sun came up and like shined <laughs> on your face that was so you felt it right i felt it <laughs> Like as you're saying about how hard you're working, the sun rose and just was there to support you.
0: We need all the help in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you sent me a flower bouquet and chocolates for Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, that part's fun.
1: That's really fun.
0: Yeah, we're we're because of the model we we can do a lot more because we have a hundred bucks per member to reinvest back into members. So that's the fun part of my job is how can I how can I create a membership club that people want to engage with. That could be, like last weekend, we just hosted our first concert in San Francisco, and it was free for members. No shit. It was fifteen bucks to come if you didn't have a membership. We wanted to see if people would buy a membership to come, and people did. So we're starting to sell memberships to get access to cool events. Um, so maybe at some festival, there's a tent where. Depending on the state, you might be able to smoke. Yeah. So that that's the direction we want to go, and that's why the membership model rocks.
1: You're not a cold. You're not cold.
0: No, we know our members. Um, for the first hundred fifty, I pretty much knew them by first name and would call them up. And if they had a problem, they're talking to me.
1: Man, I, you know, as like somebody who is like, oh, capitalism, but it's because I don't understand it well enough to use it to my advantage, if I'm being honest. But when you're saying that you also want to build a community and you want to give back to the community in that way, that to me is what cannabis is about on a deep, important level.
0: 100%. Everyone, like my ideal, before I got in the industry, what I would consider to be the most ideal smoking experience was going to a concert with all my close friends and getting high and that's how i engage with cannabis. So, if you can give me somewhere that i can get in for free to a band that might, you know, it might be tough to get tickets to, i'll i'll probably show up. Yeah, <laughs> no question. That's that's my goal is to offer that back to the the base. Who's that ideal band for you? Damon Paula. Yo!
1: <laughs> They're Amazing. playing
0: for 20 Coachella. We we got to do something it's important it's important oh man we, so the dba is fire Co., but we named the the company endorse twa which is an early song by them
1: i picture you at your computer headphones on just rocking it and it's a movie montage of your fingers going <laughs> you know tame impala in the headphones uh, maybe a cup of coffee next to you cup of coffee uh huh, and a joint and a joint <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right that's it Oh, my gosh. There was one other thing I wanted to talk to you about as we wrap up. You don't have to answer in case it's illegal. <laughs> but I'm upset. I don't know. I really don't know much about coding computers. Um, but I have a lot of great theories with little research. Is the dark web and Silk Road, does it control Everything on a on a basic level. I don't I'm obsessed with it But I don't really know what it is.
0: So yeah, I think uh, I mean I haven't really engaged with it outside of the academic uh, Paper I wrote on a while ago, but from what I've read recently from my understanding fentanyl coming through the mail, especially from China That is purchased on the black uh, On the dark web. Oh, no shit. And that that's a serious problem So I do think it increases access to very legal things And in the case of fentanyl, I think it's about as awful as it gets. Absolutely. So in that sense, you know, technology is our tools and they can be used for great things and they can be used for equally terrible things. And in that regard, I think um, the government and we should all do everything we can to stop that fentanyl coming into the U.S. because it's killing people like flies. Um, But uh, I don't blame the technology of bitcoin or blockchain for facilitating that it's it's bad actors using technology for extremely bad purposes
1: yeah to be that sinister and know it knowingly and, yeah that's the
0: part yeah and if you look at i've seen a few documentaries about fentanyl and how it's entering the US but it is pretty fascinating because it is coming largely pure from China and the government's trying to work with China crack down on those facilities making it. Um, but obviously that's a challenge in a country as big as, as China. And then it comes here and then it goes through a process of getting cut to increase the sort of volume that dealers are selling. But it is a very, very serious drug. I mean, there's reports of a police m- policeman touching an envelope containing it and dying. Whoa. So it's it's a, it's like anthrax. You yeah. need to figure out a way to stop it. But yeah, the dark web is focusing on the super illegal things, um, especially as weed as it's moved into the world of green market, green market, yeah, and, and legal weed, it leaves that world. So I think you know when you look at what legalization does it it often has some really great benefits, good, good,
1: right? yeah, it's wild to know that you are into chess and then <laughs> being able to see like the way you view the world like analytical but um em- and emotional way,
0: yeah, but- I I grew up playing chess at a really young age and I think fencing is, uh, there was a group I uh, worked with forever ago and they called it physical chess. So in that regard, I would, I'd like to think I'm a very strategic procedural thinker.
1: That's, dude, that fucking, that's so cool. <laughs> Honestly. Like I know so many people who like myself included where it's like, I just had a handful of darts and I just threw them all at the board at once. And one of them mm-hmm. happened to almost be a bullseye. The other ones, I hit a lady in the neck, another one (laughs) fell into a pitcher of beer, but I got
0: a bullseye once in a while. In terms of my past startup experiences, I think it's very comparable.
1: (laughs) No wonder we both smoke sativas. There you go. Yeah. Last things, I wanted to kind of ask some questions that were on my mind as someone who is so excited for when it goes federally legal, but also is so unhappy with things that are kind of out of my control. And I wish they were in my control. And to hear the way and the reasons you're approaching your business model as you are, I'm pretty sold on it, man. Truly. Like, I was like, ah, it can't be that inexpensive and also be good. But it really is.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, there are some dangers that we, we as a company should be responsible for. Um, namely, uh, I think legalization has pushed a lot of the smaller farmers out of business um, just because, from a regulatory perspective the amount of money we spend on just making sure we're doing things compliantly in the ways that the state expects us to do so adds a lot of cost and getting all the permitting down on a building for a dispensary or a a grow whatever you're doing the compliance is a lot of work so in that regard i think we need to be weary of the big brands defining the industry Um, But also us, uh, because in a lot of ways, we are gatekeepers for if we're delivering across the state and you're a new company that wants to bring that product, your startup's product to market, you can sell the stores and you can sell to a few big delivery companies. And that's pretty much it. So delivering to stores is really challenging because you need distribution statewide. Right. So there's a few companies that will, you know, take a cut to move your product around dispensaries that's a hard business and then separately um, you know what we offer uh, we're trying to offer is long-term sustainable relationship that isn't built on just screwing people on price so we're trying to encourage the brands to instead of just saying we're buying this volume, we want a lower price, we want a lower price, we want a lower price. We're trying to work with brands to get them to market, to spend that money that they would discount us on that product and and spend it on marketing with us. Because ultimately the brand, they have a certain amount of margin and we could try to pass that margin on to our customers at the cost of the brand. And at the cost of my trust. And at the cost of your trust, um, especially when dealing with small farms and things like that. Or you can encourage the brand to try to co-market it and spend that margin with you to acquire more customers. So we don't want to create a world in which there's a political nightmare to join our platform. We very much view it as sort of Amazon in that regard. Costco makes vendors compete for that one menu slot, and then they do the highest volume in some ways. I think that's great because I've heard stories of them traveling across the world and helping a small fisherman scale up his, you know, canned tuna supply because they think that's the best product on the market. Sure. But at the same time, you know, it can create a very competitive environment um, that's very political. So in that regard, we rather uh, centralize as many brands as we can, and then leave it open in the sense that the code will determine sort of what's relevant to you. So it's not a political game. It's we leave it to the algorithm to say, this product is selling like fire. It should go at the top of the page because we think John will like it. Yes. Um, so we don't want to be gatekeepers, and we also want to respect the fact that there are a lot of small startups and brands and farmers that, if we can build a healthy relationship, that's not just, you know, based on the premise of we are going to eventually get lower prices with you. I I would like to think that it's a step in the right direction.
1: Damn, that's beautiful. <laughs> it really is. It's. It's beautiful. I don't need your I like all you make me want to do is repeat what you just said, to be honest, because it's very aspirational to to feel taken care of while getting the best deal, while also knowing you're supporting smaller markets, while also knowing that you're also throwing concerts. Plug plug it. Where is everyone gonna find FlowerCo?
0: FlowerCompany.com or on our Instagram, Flower Company. We're just spinning up our LA operations, so very much looking forward to to delivering across the city.
1: Thank you so much for coming on this pod. I am kind of protective about who we have on the pod. And I think Mary Jane is too, because you never want to have people who are part of a company come on to just do an infomercial for what they do. I think that that isn't what we're about. And that's also not what you're about, which is why I was really excited to have you come on today.
0: There's a lot of nuances in our model and having the ability to explain why we chose some of them is meaningful. Cool, man. Thanks.
1: Thank you. And with that, everybody, have a beautiful day. And definitely go to flowercompany.com.
0: Thank you.